What's up, guys? This is Filipino Fridays podcast. This is your host, OJ. Just kidding. OJ is off this week, guys. This is Archie. Hey! And I'm joined by my co-host. Y'all already know it's Archie. What's up, guys? It's been a minute. Yeah, we got a very special episode for you. Very inspirational for all of you guys. Our topic today is fulfilling your purpose with our very special guest. Drumroll, please. Mr. Charisma, Mr. Energy himself, Romeo Marquez Jr. He is the head of Collective Hustle, and Archia will talk about Collective Hustle a little bit here. But we want to share some information about our very special honored guest, which is Romeo Marquez Jr., who is a sought-after international speaker, number one Amazon best-selling author, and of course, the head of Collective Hustle. Now, Romeo has delivered more than 1,000 presentations to over 1 million audience members across the United States, Canada, Philippines, Asia, and Europe, helping students, entrepreneurs, and CEOs achieve extraordinary results. So with that right ahead, everyone, you know, you listen in in the first three minutes of this interview and already it'll it'll blow your mind. It's, it's incredible just having this honor to be able to interview such a wonderful guest, uh, really just a change maker, a leader for a lot of the Filipino generation. And we are so, so honored to have him on this episode with us today. So from presenting a TEDx talk to speaking tours worldwide, to working with other famous figures like The Rock, Kelly Clarkson, Jim Carrey. Romeo's mission is to help people maximize their greatness so that they live a life with purpose and passion. Now, for me personally, I'm into self-development. I love learning more and discovering more about myself. So I I love uh, learning about different ways to reach your potential, to really find ways to, you know, go for your passion and fulfill your purpose. So incredible episode. You're definitely going to leave um, energized from this episode today. But of course, I'm going to turn it over to Archia. So please tell us a little bit about Collective Hustle, Archia. Collective Hustle at its core is a platform that promotes collaboration over competition, empowering the emerging, inspiring and educating, and strength in community. The brand aims to spotlight inspiring stories through video content, leadership panels, featured articles and events that challenge what it means to be a distributor in the Filipino community. Amazing, amazing stuff. If you guys haven't checked out their website yet, go over to collectivehustle.com. They just had a fabulous website launch um, in November 12. We were able to attend. It was incredible. They had guests like Jeremy Passion and Game Bondock just 
really incredible work. So for many of you guys who are looking for mentorship, looking for networking, looking for inspiration, um, looking for uh, guides or motivational speakers that really cater to us Filipinos, this is for you. So without further ado, we would love with such great honor to introduce our next guest, Mr. Charisma, Mr. High Energy himself, Romeo Marquez Jr. Woo! Let's go. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super duper excited and I'm grateful to be in both of your presence. Yeah, so I'm Romeo. I'm from the Bay Area. I'm just a little Filipino kid that came from Union City, California, that just had big dreams and felt uh had the, that I had a gift within and I didn't know how to share it, but I was just going to figure it out along the way. Uh, just to give you some backstory, I, you know, was into breakdancing. That was my big thing. And then when I got into high school, I got into football, sports, volleyball. That was my thing. But inside my heart, inside my heart, I wanted to do theater. Right. Yeah. I wanted to do theater, but I didn't because I was afraid of what other people might think about me. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of rejection, not being good enough. And so, you know, I just stuck with what's comfortable and what I thought was, quote unquote, cool. But I realized I wasn't living out my true self. And fortunately, it wasn't until I went to community college where I took my first acting class and my my teacher, my acting teacher, uh, she told me, or I saw this poster um, about a play coming up to audition for. And I was like, should I audition? I asked Valerie, that's my acting teacher's name. And she said, these words that changed my life. She said, Romeo, you won't know if you don't go. I was like, oh, that's good. And then she said, just make bold choices. And so I showed up to the audition, got the part, which led to other parts. And I ended up going to UCLA. And in the midst of all that already, I was, I was reading personal development. So I was really immersed in the personal development world at the age of 18 because uh, my sister moved out of the house. She gave me a, a quote calendar and she wanted to give me something that will lift me up because she had, she thought I was going to get into this whole bad route, this gangster route. So she wanted to make sure I got my head straight. Yeah. Um, so for, for the longest time, I've been an avid reader and a student of that game. And fast forward with everything, I graduated from UCLA and studying acting. And I opened up an acting school. I opened up a performing arts school. I was living in LA doing auditions and doing tours, but I was still reading personal development. And in the midst of me teaching classes, I was teaching acting, but I was also teaching uh, the success principles of what I've been learning. And um, just to tie up the bow here, uh, Jack Canfield, who's the creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, he is my mentor and he's guided me on my path to take my life to the next level, which, you know, into speaking to like high school stu students. And then that led to college students, then to entrepreneurs. And it started out in California, then United States, and then expanded to Canada and then all around the world. And along the way, I've met a lot of amazing people. And there were many times where it allowed me to step outside my comfort zone because, you know, you hit a plateau. And it's like, okay, can I take it to the next level? Boom, you hit it. How can I take it to the next level? And I got to say, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later, uh, that there are a lot of things that are going to get in the way 
in that path of living out your greatness. But part of those uh, things that are going to be in the way are opportunities for growth and to allow you to um, just lessons to learn from because and I should say there are people you have to meet along the way because sometimes you might go, why am I here right now? I don't get it. I feel lost. I don't know what to do. But, you know, you are where you're supposed to be for a greater reason. And so it's allowed me to just do inspiring work in one of the sayings that I like to say is my passion is your potential and my mission is to help you live it now. That is incredible. That's amazing. That's kind of like the best like three minutes we've ever experienced. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually incredible. just having our own motivational. Yeah. <laughs> So inspired. Yeah, I, I think that's key. Like when it comes to speaking and, you know, going to different stages and speaking to, you know, groups of 10 to maybe 10,000. Um, it's really about having uh, a conversation and connecting because you just you just don't know who you could impact or who you touch. And, um, you know, I know that I'm not uh, going to impact everybody, but I know I will make an impact on somebody. So just being very intentional in that way, uh, because it's, I've received the same gifts, you know, along the way. So. And you have been obviously very generous with your gifts, uh, with inspiring others, which is uh, largely why um, we got to know you through Collective Hustle. So please tell our listeners, you know, how did you get involved with Collective Hustle? What is Collective Hustle? (laughs) So, in the midst of me speaking and traveling, one of the things that I did do is a, a TED talk, uh, a TEDx talk in India. Um, and it was called, uh, it's time to take action on your passion. You could YouTube it and me doing this work. And then also teaching people this work of like training and speaking, uh, ABS CBN hit me up around 2017 and said, Hey, we're trying to do something like what you're doing, uh, with, you know, the Filipino younger generation and my, my market, um, and still is my market is all walks of life, entrepreneurs, college students, sales professionals, CEOs, so forth and so on. And when I had a sit down with them, I re- I learned about what their, uh, you know, values and w- what they're trying to do. And it aligned with what I'm all about. Because uh, one thing to note is that growing up, even though I grew up around a lot of Filipinos, a lot of my best friends are Filipinos, I was never into Filipino clubs. I wasn't just into that whole community and has, it's not a knock on them. It's just, was it, it wasn't me. And, um, I feel uh, cause I was into other things. And so when this opportunity came, I was like, maybe this is an opportunity, uh, to give back another way to expand the audience, especially with your culture. And so, uh, fast forward, I came in prior to it being called Collective Hustle, it was called TFCU, uh, doing like TFCU talks. So we would travel all around the country doing these different TED Talk-like events with uh, getting speakers, performers at different campuses from California to New York, to Hawaii, to Toronto, to even Sydney, Australia. So we were, we were expanding and we realized that what we're trying to do isn't just about talks and motivation. We realize that a lot of people in different parts of the world, especially with the Filipino, uh, yeah, young Filipinos, older Filipinos, whatever you want to call it, they're all going through something similar. And we could get into that later. And so we felt 
why not bridge a gap? Why not make it something bigger than just a talk thing? And so it wasn't until I think 2019, yes, 2019, um, where we officially launched Collective Hustle in May. And then uh, we were just kind of Again, seeing and testing the market with the brand and people were super resonating with it and we're excited with the different programs we have. And then, we, as you know, we recently had a launch party to really put out to the world and go, hey, uh, Collective Hustle is here and we are here to help you. And to put some context behind it, uh, Rafi Lopez, the creator of TFC, whose father uh, created ABS-CBN, he's my advisor. He's the Collective Hustle Advisor. And his passion is really to empower this generation uh, of young Filipinos. So I forgot to answer this question of what is Collective Hustle. Collective Hustle is an initiative of ABS-CBN, or should I say it's a movement of ABS-CBN to empower creators, innovators, uh, influencers, leaders, change makers uh, to live out their greatness and inspire people along the way. Uh, One of the things we like to say is, you know, helping uh, Filipinos turn their ideas into action, passion into profession and uh, creativity into careers while building a, a culture of uh, collaboration. And I, I think that's that's a big thing because, as I mentioned earlier, we're all doing our own things in our own pockets of the world, but let's bring noise to it in a greater way and let's connect some amazing people along the way. So That's incredible. First of all, congratulations on the launch. <laughs> Awesome. You got to join in last Thursday. So that was incredible. Oh, great. We got some really awesome guests there. Obviously, a lot of uh, really well known Filipino public figures, <laughs> including yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's really great about this is I know there's probably so many out there that were yearning or looking for a role model, for an inspirational leader, for, uh, yeah, just a mentor. And through this movement, you know, there is that for the Filipino. Filipino generation, the next generation, mm-hmm. um, ourselves, how we got to start up the podcast is because we saw some were feeling um, like they were unsure about their own Filipino identity, or they weren't sure um, who they were able to have conversations with in terms of trying to resonate with their Filipino culture in the diaspora. So it was kind of like, okay, where, like, Where's my place? Who can I talk to? Who are who are my community? Who are my people? And what you guys have done is incredible, which has really created this very inclusive, collaborative community, um, really with the mission to impact so many lives and really the next generation. So thank you so much for that work. And thank um, you guys for you know, having that inspiration to follow that calling to start this podcast. So kudos to you guys. Thank you. Just like Collective Hustle, like what you just said, like we're here trying to bridge the gap too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're definitely setting out to do. So um, please share a little bit more detail about the four pillars of um, Collective Hustle. So what we know is collaboration over competition, empower the emerging, inspire and educate, and community is our strength. Could you share a little bit more, elaborate more about those pillars? Yeah, so we had to, uh, creating these four pillars, we had to see what was really important. Um, And just to quickly go over each of them, collaboration over competition. Uh, We know that success does not happen happen alone. Uh, We have, if we want to go far, we have to go together, right? And 
what's cooler is the impact uh, when you like join forces with people, you can double, triple the impact or 10 times the impact. And so um, why not bring everybody together and which I'm just going to transition into a community is our strength. There's so many amazing communities that we've connected with who are doing amazing work, whether it be nonprofits or, or businesses that are elevating the community. Um, we've worked with so many people who are doing things that, um, we didn't even imagine, but like, wow, are inspired by it. And so being able to, uh, partner with these different communities, uh, helps us realize again um, the impact we can create if we, we join forces. Um, empower the emerging, that's really key because we know that the younger generation is on the cusp of like new breakthroughs, especially in the times we're living in right now. So that's why connecting those two to inspire and educate, being able to inspire them and educate them with the people and resources we have right now so that they can lift up their voices and stand in their power to not be afraid to share who they truly are or who they're, uh, what they're really into. I know that as a culture, we sometimes like to sit back and play it safe. And, you know, we sometimes, this might sound bad to say, but I'm just going to call it out. We play small so others can like rise up. And so we will just be like, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll allow them to do it and I, I'll be okay. But by doing that, we can't uh, live out to our full potential. And and that's not to say we got to do it in a itty gritty, ugly way, but no, let, let's stand in to what I'm going to be spiritual here, but to what God gave you and you being surrounded with a powerful culture, uh, we are talented. We have are filled with so many amazing things. And so bridging all those four pillars, uh, collaboration over competition, community is our strength, empowering the emerging and inspiring, educating are the different uh, key points. But it's not it's not one over the other. It's like you need all of it. Right. And that's what we're all about just to ultimately create that impact so that we can impact many generations to come. While it's something that's like happening right now, we want to uh, set in stone that we're here and we want to do something about it now. Cause while we, and it's not when we can do it, it's while we can do it. Yeah, definitely. And I think we spoke about it um, when we first touched ba base, you know, you only really have one life to live, right? So what are you going to do with it? And, you know, what are you going to do with the time that you have? So exactly that's, it. that's really incredible work. So just curious, just to pick your brain, do you think why some, you know, kind of put themselves to the side and let others kind of shine. Do you think it's because we tend to have that inherent Filipino trait of being so hospitable? <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. You go. Exactly, yeah, no, that's exactly it. I think that's what makes our culture so amazing. We are very hospitable, hospitable. <laughs> we want people to feel welcome. And the reason why we do that is that we're just a, a product of our environment. Right. And so while while that's happening, we will carry that in other areas of our life. Right. But when we realize that we have something great within us and we continue to hold it back so somebody could, you know, live that out. We're doing a disservice to not yourself, but also for the people around you and the many lives that you could potentially impact. Like for me, acting and speaking was is totally outside my comfort zone as much as a you know positive energetic guy that I am in middle school high school when you asked me if you asked me to speak in front of the class I'd be like 
nope, nope. <laughs> like, even though I know I could do it, I'm just like, nah, it's okay. Yeah. And I would get nervous and scared. But um, I think something to put out there and how to overcome that is number one, like surround yourself in environments that are encouraging and positive. And number two, you know, repetition is a mother of skills. So if you want to practice like using your voice or practice just putting yourself self out there, uh, do it little by little. And it's going to take time. I mean, a lot of people ask me like, yo, Romeo, how are you like so positive and like filled with so much energy? And I like to say it's my inner world that creates my outer world. And so if you were to date it back to when I was 18 and I'm almost 40 now, that's almost 20 years of like inspiration, motivation, empowerment, connectedness, alignment, uh, and practicing these tools uh, along the way, because again, life will hit you with so many amazing or amazing things and some uh, unfortunate things, but it's grabbing those tools that if this comes up, it's like, okay, been there before. Let me use this. Oh, ha. That's happening. All right, time to shift. And so at the end of the day, too, it's like a mind shift thing as well. And in terms of, um, you know, mind shifts, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there are other, let's say, um, Filipino youth or the younger generation that, let's say, want to pursue creative passions or creative, uh, creative work, but they're kind of unsure of how to do it without disappointing their parents. <laughs> yeah. What advice do you have to others um, in regards to that? Like there is this calling in their heart, like, you know, I want to be a designer. Like I want to, you know, do music or I want to be in fashion. Right. But there's a little bit, there's something that's holding them back because they don't want to disappoint their parents. They obviously don't want to also have their parents worry about them or let them down that, you know, they won't be in a sustainable uh, position. You know, what, what do you have to say about that? Great question. Yeah, I see it all the time. In fact, it's not just with young students. It's even uh, people who are in executive roles in their careers going, I don't know if I'm made to do this. I want to switch it up. So you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to put out there is that um, it's not this or that. It could be both. Right. While you might be majoring in this one thing, you could pursue that other thing. Right. And or you let me just put it out there, too, is that you might major in a specific something, but you're doing something completely different for a career and it happens all the time. Right. And so I would have an honest conversation. Again, it might be an uncomfortable conversation, but just to talk from my personal experience, my dad wanted me to be an engineer and I was like, I'm not going to be an engineer even. And I was like, I have no idea what I wanted to do. And so when I went into like theater and acting, my dad was like, acting like I travel <laughs> from the Philippines to the United States so you can do acting. Um, but I did my work. I got good grades in school. I started winning awards. I started like producing results. And I think by producing results, it, it'll help your parents see what you are truly passionate about and to see if you're fully committed, because sometimes we might be infatuated with an idea or uh, this inspired thought that will do it for like a couple months and go, eh. I guess that and then you just completely switched everything. But I, I do want to say on top of that is 
explore different things, right? Because I didn't think I was going to become a speaker. And this comes from somebody who like stuttered a lot, was scared to go in front of the stage, but actually, and this is also from somebody who used to talk in class a lot. And so <laughs> from somebody who used to talk in class a lot now being paid to talk into classrooms or, you know, talk on different stages has allowed me to sit, realize and see like your parents will, uh, are just doing the best that they can. And they're not uh, knocking you your dreams or goals down because they don't want you to um, do it, but it's more so they care about what your future entails. And so they don't know what that other thing is or how that thing is going to really take it to the next level. You might be exposed on like Instagram or Facebook or other people that you look up to doing really good in these different careers, but your parents might know the basics of nursing, the ner basics of engineering, the basics of whatever stereotypical uh, job is out there. And so at the end of the day, have an honest conversation, or you could even just don't even tell them and you're just like pursuing because you you still don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Just try, just try, just try, just try different things and uh, results will come and your parents will see that. Yeah, it kind of reminds us of like that clip in Jokoi's special where he shared where his mom's like, mom, I want to be a comedian. And his mom's like, Joe, who told you you were funny? <laughs> exactly. But now, obviously, he's he's done. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The results have come. You know, he's shown that he's super committed, and then we're we're all witnessing the success. Also, just like representing all our culture yeah. in general, like such a good job. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with that, not only when it comes to let's say the fear of potentially disappointing um, their parents, but um, in general, what are some blockers that you've identified that have stopped or kept people from pursuing their passions? Great question. I think one of them is, I think I alluded to it earlier, is mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just like, just in general, doesn't matter what, where you're from or what culture you are or age, it comes down to mindset and that goes into the thoughts, right? Um, and how you think about in approaching different things. And so we are, like I mentioned, our products of our environments that we will know what we know just based on what we surround ourselves with, right? And so me getting into personal development has allowed me to see beyond what my environment is and to go, wow, that's possible. Like, oh, I didn't look at failure look like that. So for example, I used to think failure was a bad thing. Like I shouldn't fail. Right. But what I realized is that failure isn't the opposite of success. It's a part of success. Right. Failure is nothing is not, uh, re you know, people say that failure isn't um, rejection or I take that back. When you get rejected or rejection, rejection isn't a bad thing. Rejection is redirection to the next thing you're supposed to pursue. Um, and so I think I said this into our in our other call the other day and that lie or fail. The acronym for fail is F-A-I-L is finding answers in life. Right. Mm -hmm. So being able to see the lessons, the gifts and the miracles behind it. And so just that in itself by creating that little shift can make all the difference. So that that's one thing because we'll get, you know, bombarded of like, oh, you got all A's and you get that B, like, oh, that B's a failure. Like, no, I was really trying my best, right? And so people, and that's just our, you know, culture upbringing because they want what's best for us, right? So mm -hmm. the mindset thing is huge too, I think, being guided um, 
and thinking they have to do it all on their own, even though we're called collective hustle. Hustle isn't doing it alone. It's being guided in ways to up level whatever you want to get into. And so one of them being get get a mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Get somebody to guide you uh, because if you're in this mindset of like, no, I could hustle on my own. I could do it. I've seen other people do it. I guarantee you not one. You name one person who has done it on their own. And I guarantee you there was at least one person that's helped them or guided them or needed along the way. And I say that with so much confidence, you could say a Steve Jobs, you could say, you know, Oprah, like you all, if you're an entrepreneur and say, no, I did this all by myself, I guarantee you, you needed a customer, (laughs) other person (laughs) that created that transaction so that you could up level your business. And so all in all, I think uh, what's key is not allowing those obstacles or inner fears, inner fears interfere with your of what you're capable of of what of what you're really called to do and yeah just jumping off of that you know you know i have been looking for you know mentors and um, networks um that were outside let's say the filipino community um collective hustle definitely uh, sets out to serve not only the filipino generation but even beyond you know why is it so important to foster that type of um mentorship and coaching especially for the younger generation across north america and globally yeah, because it, it will accelerate the process, right? There are a lot of people who, who have had many experiences or have been through what you're currently going through or similar to what you're going through and had to learn the hard way, right? Mm-hmm. So why not take that knowledge, take that message to go, okay, I'm going to apply that, apply this, try these different things so I don't run into the same problem or challenge. And mind you, we might run into that same challenge, even though we were given that uh, thing, but it's all part of the process. I think being reminded from a mentor or a coach or a teacher or a professor, having those people along the way to let you know that it's okay, you're on the right path. Here's another thing to consider uh, because again, right when that roadblock hits, we think, oh, my life is over. I guess I wasn't made to do it. This sucks and I'm just gonna try new things. Like, no, 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 no. So one thing, my mentor, as I mentioned, uh, Jack Canfield, uh, he's the creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He, his book, you know, I don't know, sold over 500 million copies or something like that, right? That whole series. But his, that idea of chicken soup for the soul was rejected by, I think, 144 publishers, right? No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then, but imagine if he stopped at 100. Imagine if we, he stopped at five, right? And there are many stories like that. There's also another story around Thomas Edison. And one news reporter said, oh, so you, you know, said to Thomas Edison said, oh, so you failed uh, 10,000 times, uh, in making that light bulb. And Thomas Edison said, no, I just found 10,000 different ways not to make the light bulb. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's that little shift, like, yeah, I messed up, but no, that that was just another way where I'm not supposed to do it. Again, a lot of stories out there, but it's those stories, those, uh, parables, those, uh, that knowledge out there that a mentor can give you to just put things into perspective, right? Uh, and will help you, guide you. And one of my favorite quotes is a Bruce Lee quote. And he said, 
A teacher is never a giver of truth, but rather a guide to the truth that the student must find for themselves. So this mentor might give you answers, but know that it's just a guide. They're mm -hmm. not giving you the thing that this is, will work. It's like, even though it's might have worked with, for them, you try it. It's not working. It's OK. Right. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll maybe there was another lesson that you were supposed to learn by trying that. Right. So uh, seeing these mentors as guides and they are guides to your greatness. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, when you I think uh, when we last had our call, it's because sometimes Filipinos, as we know, could be emotional creatures. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when they face these rejections, when it doesn't work out, right, they take it so deeply and it sometimes it might stop them from trying. But if you have the guidance of a mentor, if you um, are able to access more knowledge and inspiration and obviously your environment also helps to influence you in a positive way, you're able to just pick up and not really swim in that, you know, in that experience, you take it as a lesson and then you um, keep pressing forward. Right. right. You keep that's so that's really amazing. Now with all of this, you know, what do you hope to see uh, happen for the next generation? Great question. I hope to see for this next next generation to um, not be afraid to be themselves, to pursue what they feel called to do um, while they might have something their parents want them to do differently. But being able to connect uh, with each other, collaborate with one another, to know that we're not here to compete with one another, um, because there is a lot of that out there, whether we know it or not. And that's just a human being thing. Like we want to like, you know, oh, you got that many episodes. Oh, yeah, I have more. Or like, oh, you had that guest. I thought, oh, yeah, I had this guest. Oh, you're making that much. Oh, yeah. My business is waking. So it, it, there's that right that which can be a friendly, fun competition. Uh, but there's the other side of it where it's like putting down and people. And I, I want to make sure with Collective Hustle, we're not bringing people down. We're lifting each other up and inspiring people to more what they think they're capable of. I think what's also important to recognize for this next generation uh, for Collective Hustle is to be proud of being Filipino, right? Yeah. We sometimes can like lose sight. Like I, again, just to be fully transparent, I wasn't owning my Filipino culture because I was just focused on me, but going to these different places and being surrounded by the culture, I see the beauty of it all. And going back to the Philippines, just seeing that the richness and the love that we have there, we should continue that legacy of what our ancestors have created so that we could be and carry that same thing for many generations to come. With that, thank you so much for even, you know, jumping on to collaborate with us. <laughs> Of course, of course. That's and what it's, it's about. It's really an honor to have you on as as a guest. Um, that's uh, that's why we love doing these collaborations. Like for us, we have identified. Let's say, you know, maybe for others, they had experienced like the crab mentality, where uh, people are pitting up themselves against each other and then we're trying to really uh, defeat that with radical love and inclusivity and um, you know over collaboration even <laughs> like hey we're here let's channel our energies together because you know we can only be successful together right we can only just see the best for each other and be happy for each other mm -hmm. by doing this so we are definitely super grateful that you are able to bless us yeah. <laughs> with your 
presence and your wisdom. Um, but we're going to switch it up here. Obviously, I'm sure others are going to be super um, interested, curious, you know, as this leader. Can you take us through what your day to day kind of looks like? Like what are some routines or maybe some rituals that you can share? Like I saw, you know, you got to go out in nature the other day and um, really take into <laughs> Can you share some like little, like little things that you do for yourself? Um, for sure. I'm so passionate about like rituals and habits because it's the habits and every decision you've made or an accumulation of habits or decisions that has allowed you to get to where you are today. Like every decision you've created has brought to where you are today. Like us right here, whatever we decide is, has brought us to where we are today. So I'm, unconventional when it comes to waking up. I can get up at 3.30 a.m. or 4 o'clock. So I start my day at 4 o'clock a.m. and I do my hour of power. And so what my, and this is honestly what I teach, like people say, hey, Romeo, could you speak at our uh, entrepreneur conference or uh, this leadership summit? And I'll talk about the power of a morning ritual. So in my, just to shorten it, my morning ritual consists of um, reading for about 10, 15 minutes, then I'll meditate for about 10 minutes, and then I'll write in a gratitude journal, and then I'll review my goals, say my affirmations, and I'll visualize, um, and then I'll go work out. Now, I do all that because it helps me build the foundation of nurturing my soul and self because every day we'll get bombarded with different tasks and things. And so being able to protect my energy in the morning uh, before jumping into social media or emails, I have full control of that time and I'm very intentional so that, so that I can serve more people. When I serve myself, I'm able to serve more people, right? And that's not to be selfish with anything. It's just what it is, right? Because mm -hmm. like I mentioned earlier, it's my inner world that creates my outer world. So if I wake up frazzled and crazy and I got to do this, I'm going to go throughout the day crazy, frazzled and become a hot mess. And so maybe for other people like Romeo, you just listed like a whole bunch of things that <laughs> that'll take me a whole day to do, right? <laughs> and I've coached people where, you know, uh, you might keep it simple. So one other client that I that I coached was uh, we simplified it to I think we called it the four G's and what the four G's were were gratitude, uh, goals, gym and God. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just having like a couple minutes of that and then into working out uh, that worked for him. So throughout the day, I'll uh, be intentional with uh, who I connect with, you know, have meetings or I may be filming. And then at the end of the day, similar to what I do in the morning, I uh, ground my energy and, and slow down because like hustle, grind in, go, go, go. And then I like I slow it down, too. And so one exercise that I, I, I share with people is if you feel like life is like wild and you're just kind of thrown in different directions, make sure you include a self-care day within a week, you know, at least one day during the week or an activity. And what I uh, recommend is creating a joy list. So yeah. you create a line and like a T, right? So on one side, you'd write like the money sign. And then on the other side, you write no money. So 10 things, maybe write down 10 things that bring you joy that cost money. Get a mm -hmm. massage, eat sushi, um, whatever 
um, it may be for spending money for you that brings you joy. Uh, and then there are other things that don't cost money that will still bring you joy. Like for me, as you mentioned, um, I love walks in nature. I spend time with my parents, just reading at home or just uh, taking a brisk walk, taking an Epsom salt bath, whatever, like being able to just hone in and zone in with your heart and soul because life isn't about like just the physical aspect of things, but more so it's mind, body, spirit. And then the thing I want to add to that is love and connection. So it's also with the people that you love and value. So being able to connect with them, I think that that's also another important thing that I I do want to bring up. So actually around this time, back in 2011, where my dad was sent to the hospital. And, you know, if you knew my dad, he was like that Filipino dad that didn't get hurt. And so when I knew he got into the hospital, I knew it had to be something serious. Fast forward, I call the hospital. And mind you, I was in South Carolina doing a workshop, right? So I called my dad uh, when I found out and I go, hi, dad. And he goes, hi, Anak. I'm like, how are you feeling? And then I heard him crying, right? And then I could just hear him crying on the other side of that line. And I, then he said, I wish you were here with me. Yeah. And then next day, see my dad. I go fly back home, see my dad lay on the hospital bed. And his eyes were open, tubes up his nose. He was talking to my mom. But it just made me realize. And I, it allowed me to ask myself, am I giving all that I got? Am I allowing my dad to see um, what I'm capable of? Because it made me think about how he sacrificed everything. Mind you, he got two engineering degrees in the Philippines and became a stock clerk for Macy's for like 44 years or something like that. And so I and his name is also no Romeo as well. And so I knew I had a responsibility to continue the legacy, fortunately, through prayers and, you know, uh, surgery. Uh, my dad got better, but you know, time is passing and my dad is getting older. He's not getting younger. He's not as like, you know, quick witted or, you know, very fast on his feet. He's, you know, life is slowing him down a little bit. And so being able to spend that quality time with my dad, with my mom, with my loved ones helps me realize why I'm doing what I do. And I think that love and connection from my parents was, is rooted from what they've been given in the Philippines, you know? So I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> it reminds me of um, of our grandma. She she passed away earlier this year. That was a really hard time. But I am sometimes when we're you know when we're doing these episodes and we're doing these guest interviews, and I think of you know if she was still here, I knew she, she I know she would be our biggest fan. And I know that with this type of work and you know with whatever um, content that we're doing that we hope serves our community, it would make her so proud. So it's like you know you take into that responsibility and you take that um, deeply, not only also to make them proud, but also it's kind of a way to show uh, that kind of love that you've received from your parents. You're also being so generous to share with everybody else, right? So mm-hmm. that really, really, I think. Yeah, that's really key. Thank you for sharing that, because especially right now, like maybe even I think there, it was like two weeks ago where my mother's my uncle, my mom's brother passed away. And then the next day I saw another friend's dad pass away and then another friend's dad pass away. And another one's pa- I'm like, this is like very unreal right now. Like it was just like one after the other after the other, And it became, quote unquote, normal. Right. 
And but it really allowed me to see that life is can go just like that. Right. And so going back to that statement I mentioned earlier about like doing it, not when you can, but doing it while you can. Because again, they've given us so much and it's our duty, our responsibility to give back. And I I forgot to mention earlier. So with ABS, CBN and TFC, a lot of the younger generation don't really tune into that. I mean, there are some that do, but I could say a good majority based on the people I've talked to don't really watch TFC. They're aware of TFC or they might be uh, watching TFC because they hear in the background because their parents might be watching it. But it's not their thing. And so Rafi Lopez, again, my advisor, wants to really connect with those that aren't really watching the TFC because he cares about this specific community. Um, and so see Collective Hustle as, you know, the next generation of TFC for this generation, right? Yeah. With different content, through different programs, through different opportunities that we are still in the midst of of creating. So being able to, again, bring it back to family, um, ancestors, and realizing what we have within us because it's truly something special. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's incredible because if, let's say, the TFC format didn't speak to them, this many avenues through Collective Hustle does. You know, mm-hmm. with these content creators, with some of these leaders, um, change makers, like you said, um, that a lot of the younger generation do look up to um, and do listen to. So this is definitely an incredible way to um, to connect with them. To yeah. I want to. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up avenues because there's different, you know, offerings of collective hustle. Not everybody wants a mentor. They might just be inspired by a workshop or training, and that might be good enough for them. Some of them might not be into the internship program, but they really love the content, or they might suggest some content that we should create and be inspired off of that. So we have we have something for everybody. We're like a buffet, right? <laughs> we got what you need. We're here to feed you, and if we yeah. don't have it, we'll cook it up for you. Yeah, I'm gonna for everyone. Everyone's got to eat here. Yeah, everybody's got to eat. If you ain't eating, we're going to make sure you take something home so you could eat it at home. Yeah, that bottle and that Ziploc bag. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and lastly, um, um, if you don't mind sharing, you know, you are a best-selling author of The Success mm-hmm. Messages, um, mm-hmm. Inspiration to Recharge Your Passion, Potential, and Purpose. Mm-hmm. For some, um, you know, some are going to be able to connect with Collective Hustle, or maybe some just want to just start with just picking up a book or picking up your book. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your book? Yeah. So the book is uh, The Success Messages. I wrote it back in 2014. It's a very short book. Um, It's a book, I call it uh, a fortune cookie book. So you could just open up any page and there'll be an, uh, like a a message, a note and an affirmation. Some of the messages in there are like, when God gives you a calling, stop sending them to voicemail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. When you do it now, N-O-W, you have new opportunities waiting. Um, Life is about L-I-F-E, living in full expression. And so these are messages, actually, um, these are messages I received in meditation, going back to the power of uh, morning routine. So I would receive, some of y'all listening right now, this might be seem a little bit woo-woo, but in meditation, (laughs) I would connect um, with universe. I would connect with God and God would share some of these messages. And then I'd write it and share it on Facebook. And people would be like, Oh, thank you. I needed to hear that. And 
you know, I kept on receiving these messages, like these downloads. And I was like, I don't know how this has come, but I'm just going to be, you know, putting it out there. And so I just put all these different messages in a book and, and it's been helpful to other people since. And so you can pick that up. And another book that I would highly recommend is uh, The Success Principles uh, by Jack Canfield. Um, that book changed my life. So if you don't have a mentor, you could find mentors in books. And that is definitely one among many that I could recommend to you. Thank you again for just blessing us with such wisdom, with such inspiration. Um, we are just so happy to be able to have you as a guest so that we can also kind of extend it to our audience, so our fellow listeners who are fellow millennials, who are of the younger generation that, hey, you know, here is a place for you um, and you are welcome in this community. So thank you so much for joining us today. And lastly, we like to, you know, keep things fun out of every um every interview and every episode <laughs> you've obviously traveled to so many places for your speaking engagements you know what has been your favorite place that you have visited first answer is the philippines mm-hmm. the first answer that comes to mind because of the difference uh people i've met as well as not even just the speaking engagements themselves but the days in between the speaking engagements and to realize and see how our filipino brothers and sisters interact and what they don't take for granted and how they do live life to the fullest based on what they have right it allowed me to see that it's also a wake up call um that when i got back home to you know see all the different materialistic things i might have in my life and not make that important but realize what's ultimately important and for me that's family god and my health and the honoring that gift that's inside me to inspire other people um and so the, the philippines helped me realize that be sure to follow us at collective hustle yep. under collective underscore hustle um you could go to our website at collectivehustle.com um yeah and you could always connect with me at Romeo Marquez Jr. Thank you again, Romeo. It's been such an honor to have you on to Filipino Fridays podcast. We hope everyone who's listening has enjoyed this episode. We hope it's inspired you to reach your full potential, to follow your passions, and of course, to fulfill your purpose. Yes, thank you again for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Filipino Fridays Podcast. And if you continue to enjoy the content or if you have any feedback or suggestions, don't forget to email us at contact at filipinofridays.com. Thank you again, everybody. Catch us again on the next episode. This is your host, Archie Energia. Let's get it.